There we go. Okay, now it's on the right microphone. Now Hello. it's recording. Hello, everybody. Brian Zeno, the podcaster here, putting on his radio voice for the purposes of your listening pleasure. Tonight on Thanos at Night. Thanos and Death get it on. This one goes out to the Magus. <laughs> with, the, with the inscription, You So Crazy. You crazy girl. You crazy girl with that afro. Your microphone right now is just picking up choo 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 choo. Nom nom nom. Yeah, nom nom nom. I don't know where that noise came that sound came from. It's not like we actually make those noises. I always That's wonder what I always wonder where stuff like that comes from. Let me Perhaps I can find out. One second, please. Like who came up? Where does nom 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 come from? Mm-hmm. Probably imitative, but apparently also popularized by the noises made by the Cookie Monster character oh. in Sesame Street. That actually makes sense to me. Why that phrase gives us the creeps. Um, yep, yep, it's pre- originated with Cookie Monster. First appearance, earliest known appearance of the phrase omnom is on Urban Dictionary in 2004. And it's got spread with the lolcats. Ah. <laughs> well, that's what there you go. Internet. See, now you, the internet. internet. It's porn, porn, lolcats. Porn. Yep. For some reason, every time I'm drinking, it's, it's sipping it's, out on its It's leaking. Lip. Here, let me get your paper towel real quick. Thank you. Ah, you're welcome. Because I want to drink it, but it's leaking the side. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> Stop it. Bad coffee mug. Humans. They are not the cowering wretches we were promised. They stand. I'm all right. Sorry, did you need another minute or two? No, I'm good. Okay. Let me just get something up here. Oh, I have some. we have some fans on in the background because it's warm, but let me know. Do you hear them? Does it sound loud to you? Just when you were saying that, you got a little loud, but the fans themselves are not loud. Okay, well, that's just me being a loud pain in the ass. That's fine. <laughs> so how was How class? are you doing? Oh, fun. Packing is the most wonderful thing in the world. I love it. Love it. I'm listening to an old Legion of Substitute Podcasters episode, and Darren is talking about the exact same thing. You know that show, right? Isn't oh. that how we met? Oh, yeah. I listened to that, definitely. Yeah. No, I think I, that's how we met, was through the Legion site. I think, actually, it might actually be, really, because I think that's how I first found about you when you had Paul French on New 52 Adventures. Hey. I knew cross-pollination was good for something. Yes. 
because I've actually met them a few times. Well, not Matt, but I've met the other three a few twice at um, Comic Geek Speak Super Show, like their little convention that they've done a few times. So they came down for that. So I've met them there a few times. Okay. I actually drove drunk. Uh, I actually drove hungover Scott Cole to the uh, convention center the next morning from the hotel one year because he was kind of there and he's like, "I think they left me." <laughs> I'm like, "Get in the car." Well, I um, I have the iPad with my comic. I have my new iPhone that I'm be talking to you on, and I think I took notes for the episode on my old iPhone. So I'm turning that on now to see if the notes are there. <laughs> I have actually I'm using multiple iPhones too, but nowhere near as new. My iPhone, the newest one I had, which was a five, uh-huh. uh, completely died on me about a month and a half ago. Oh no! Yes. Beyond all hope of redemption and re and, and rebirth. Well, they said it could be. They said, "Hey, we can replace it for you. You just got to buy. You just got to pay for a full price for a new one." Oh, that's not replacing. Yes. Yeah. Buying a new phone. <laughs> exactly. I did an update. We will happily sell you a new phone to replace your broken one. <laughs> yeah. It's not like I did it. If I like my my old phone, which is a three, it fell one too many times and the screen kind of cracked. I never bitched at them about it because I dropped it. Right. I know what happened. But the five was working mostly okay, and then I did an update, and all of a sudden it died in like four days later. Oh. But they're like, and they confirmed, yeah, there's nothing to do about this one. It's completely gone and dead. It has gone to iPhone heaven. So until I put some money aside, since with everything else going on, there's no money really for me to blow on a new phone. Um, Kim, my wife's brother, gave me his old phone. But his old phone is actually, I think, slightly older than my my phone. So between the two of them, I have a semi-working, good, sort of decent phone. Sort of decent. Like one I can make calls on and not worry about it being, you know, Cutting myself if I if I hold up to myself, but the other but I can't do like I can go on Facebook on that one, but I can't go on Twitter on that one. <laughs> the other one's better, you know, podcast. But the other one has more memory, so I put all my podcasts on there. So I have both of them here too. They are unruly and therefore cannot be ruled. So I have been reading Captain Marvels. Yes, I see you've passed me. Yeah. Stupid Captain America Avengers read-through has just expanded. Like, I always told myself I shouldn't let it do. And you did, of course. But I did, of course. Well, the thing is, that, like, as part of Avengers and X-Men, I really, really, really want to read uh, Carol Danvers. And she's a minor character for a lot of the history. Yes. But she's there, and I want to read her history. She's one of my, um, like, of all the... I mean, face it, she's probably on her way to the A-list, but I don't really see her as A-list yet. But she's one of my all-time, not all-time, yeah, all-time favorite B-list characters. Ever since I got back into comics, Ms. Marvel has been, like, a character for me. Oh, yeah, Um, I'd say she definitely is very recently at least very, very high on the B-list of characters. Yeah, they've been doing a lot with her, and she's on her way up, and... You know, the fact that she is Marvel's first solo female superhero comic and first solo female superhero movie, that's really cool. And she's the one that has their name. Right. Because there is no male Captain Marvel. It's not there's one of each. There's just her. But I feel like to really get the Ms. Marvel character, I should at least read 
Marvel because he dies in 1980 anyway, so why not? True. Um, or 82 or whatever it was that that Marvel graphic novel number one came out. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm a, yeah, 82. I think it was 82. So I'm going to read Captain Marvel until his death, and I'll read Carol Danvers um, going forward. So that means I've been reading the Thanos War farther than you've gotten. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to go ahead and read out the rest of the Warlock and Thanos 1970s stuff, because it's been so damn long now. I'm kind of tired of not really knowing what we're talking about on the show as far as where things are going to go. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's, it's just, I, you know, I'd forgotten so much. Um, so I'm going to read that. That's in my list. And Rachel and Miles explain the X-Men has made me say, you know what? Fuck it. I'm reading 80s X-Men. I'm reading it all the way through. I'm going to read it, you know, I see that. caught up to the, to the, to the podcast. So I'm, I've been reading that. I know, you just finished Death of Jean, Jean Grey. Yes, which was, again, I've only read it once, so it wasn't quite what I remembered, and it, it was much more poignant than I remembered it being. Yeah, you were in what I consider, for me at least, the golden age of X-Men. 129 yeah. to 227, almost virtually everything in there I love completely. Yeah, I'm going to give Lily, because she wants to read the, Gold, the Dark Phoenix Saga, I'm going to give her 129 through 143 because that also has the two issues of days of future, future past, past and then Kitty fighting the alien. Yes. And those are good. And I'm hoping what I'm hoping is going to happen is she's going to just want the next issue because she'll have, she'll have gotten the Kitty pride introduction. She'll have the, um, the Dark Phoenix saga. She'll have all the poignant stuff that's going on from the loss of Jean, and she'll have you know Kitty Pride on the team with uh, the, the fighting the yeah. alien and stuff. And I think I'm hoping she'll say more, please. She did not have that reaction from the beginning of the Claremont run, and she did not even finish that opening like ten issue Xavier's Dream arc that yeah. ends with Phoenix saving the universe. She didn't finish that. Well, that's a lot of weaker run because, I mean, they kind of were scrambling a bit. I mean, it was supposed to be a giant size book, and then they're like, oh, let's make it regular. So, also, you know, you're trying to figure you know, figure out to do, I'm sure whatever way they were planning on doing the stories is, you know, you're now changing it. Because, you know, doing a quarterly book that's double size, you're going to do a lot different than you're doing a monthly book. Or bi-monthly, right. I should say, at the time. But still. So, yeah. But Enjoying yeah. X-Men. It's good stuff. Enjoying Captain America. Steve Englehart's great. Yes. Uh, I'm sad that he leaves Marvel on a bad note because I want him to write all the things. Yeah, unfortunately, some of the better creators, that happens a lot with both company, with, with both of the main companies. Engelhart, Gerber. And I think Alan Moore's been mad at Marvel and DC once or twice, but I'm, never, I'm not sure on that one. <laughs> I think he got a little mad at them, but I mean, he, he's very level-headed and he doesn't, he doesn't get pissy about anything at all. Right. Every now and then someone comes out and says, fuck Alan Moore. And like, I haven't heard Alan Moore say anything in years. I've not yeah. seen any new Alan Moore quotes. It's just every now and then someone comes to this realization, oh, you know what? Fuck Alan Moore. And I just ignore most, most of that because I'm like, you know what? But he's done some of the best stuff for a lot of the characters he's touched on. So if he's a little nuts, he's a little nuts. You know, Watchmen's up great. I still love that Superman Swamp Thing team-up story he did. Genius and insanity go hand-in-hand hand a lot of times. Exactly. I love the America's Best Comic stuff when he was doing that. I've not heard good things about his 1963 thing that he did. 
Yeah, I didn't really even read that, so I can't say anything about that. But I loved his Supreme, the stuff he did for Live Bell when he did Supreme and uh, Youngblood. Hmm. And also the other thing he did, uh, oh yeah, he did Wildcats for like a year or so, and that that was really good. I had to trade for a while. When the British invasion hit Image? Yeah, he came on like around, I forget where, but he was even doing Wildcats issues when they had a big crossover going on. And he still did issues, so it's not like he always gets pissy. He's like, I want to do my own thing and that's it. Right. He did parts of it, you know, it was like, you know, he did like part 12 and 5 and I don't know, whatever numbers they were. I think, though, that image creators get a pretty high uh, profit margin from their work. Probably. (laughs) It's one of the quotes from uh, Super Gods that sticks out in my brain, is that the two issues of Spawn that Grant Morrison did were some of the easiest and most lucrative work of his career. Hmm. So. Well, good. well, then, hey, at least he's not completely crazy. <laughs> I mean, Al Moore. I mean, considering the fact that one of his problems with Watchmen, like, one of the things, well, not problems with things, was, like, he kept saying, nope, I don't want any of the money from it, from, like, the movie or whatever. Right. Well, it's because, yeah, you can only say you don't want money from something if money's not a problem for you. Yeah. You can afford to not want money. Yeah, exactly. That's one of the things you have to afford to be able to afford. Otherwise, you know, people are like, people tell me, like, you have a problem with your name on this porn movie? Not at all. How much am I making from it? No problem whatsoever. <laughs> to challenge them is to court death. Hello, IHOP. Hey there. Wait, do you have IHOP down there? Not in Florida. Or at least ah. if there are, they're so scant that I don't know where one is. Okay. That's my favorite place in the world, but I just thought of that. I was like, ooh, if I want to, I should probably go there one time before I leave. I do like IHOP. We have Waffle House here. Oh, that's right, yes. Okay. I have Warlock number eight up in front of me. Same here. I have my notes beside me. Yep. Okay. Huh. This might be the last time I podcast with you from this place. Oh. Yeah, probably, because you're moving. Yeah. The next time probably we do anything, I'll be at my parents' house for a few months. That's not as much fun. No. But they have central air. That is good. You have to keep the screaming to a minimum. Yeah. And that makes life a lot high, a lot better. I'm sure you agree, appreciate that down there. I was thinking about the other kind of screaming, but yeah. Oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right, ready to go? I am. All right. I guess we'll just start the introduction, and then we'll pause, put in the note, put in the, so I can drop in synopsis later, go back to our notes, and then if we have time, if you're up for it, we can do the Friends part afterwards. Yeah. Because I know I've read, actually, I've read the issues for the Friends even, so I can do a little more Sweet, color. and I can actually talk about them. Cool. All right. <clears throat> No, that's okay. Wife important. I get it. Oh, wait, she's not here. I don't have to say that. Never mind. <laughs> Did you hear the um, Uncovering the Bronze Age episode on Wortham? No, not yet. Emily did some research. She went back to first, uh, what do they call those? Original sources. Okay, yeah. Um... 
looking at Wortham's writings and, you know, stuff that was contemporary to him. And she did a really good job giving a fleshed out view of Wortham that, you know, admitted to the good while also going into detail on the bad. And if you, if, if you listen to nothing else that she's done until later, I do recommend going and grabbing that episode as a standalone and just listening to it. Because oh, okay. it's rather, rather well done. That stuff's always interesting with, with yeah. him, so I'm going to have to look for that then. Superman, Blue Beetle, Captain Marvel, Firestorm, The Crimson Avenger, Batman, Halo, Guy Gardner, The Sandman, Shadow Lass, Dollman, The Star-Spangled Kid, The Flash, The Phantom Stranger, Power Girl, Hawkman, Fury, The Challengers of the Unknown, Nightwing, The Whip, Johnny Thunder, The Suicide Squad, Deadman, The Spectre, Warlord, Amazing Man, Our Man, Adam Strange, Doctor Occult, The Doom Patrol, Captain Comfrey, Green Lantern, Uncle Sam, The Guard, Batgirl, Dr. Mid-Jonah Hex, Black Con, The Manhunter, The Guardians of the Florops, Blue Devil, Dr. Fate, The Legion of Super, The Secret Origins Podcast, covering every issue of DC's Secret Origins comic from the 1980s. Hosted by Ryan Daly and a multitude of guests from the podcast and blogging community. Secret Origins Podcast. Find it on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at fireandwaterpodcast.com. Maybe for one of my other feeds, what I should do one day if I don't have anything to put up, I should just start uploading some of those to the hell of it. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. See what kind of comments we actually get. <laughs> what the hell is this crap? Yeah. And when can I get more of it? <laughs> like when we talk about rubber? Oh my god. Or VHS? Uh, I, uh, mm, I know. Stu- oh. They're making a sequel. A, a third sequel. A third sequel, that's right. Yeah. How it got a second one. I, I, yeah. Seeing movies like that really make me wonder how my scripts haven't gotten picked up for anything. What else do we do? Do, do we do Hobo with a Shotgun? No. Um, no. Okay, no or maybe we did. I don't remember. I, I, I know I watched it. I might have done a, a written review on that. And I know we talked about Death Race, the original. Death Race 2000. Yep, we, we had a pretty, I think that was a pretty good conversation about that movie. Yes. And then we even had the one, not a movie, we had the one where we actually found out as we were recording about Robin Williams dying. Oh, that one sucked. Which kind of just killed everything, we just, that kind of killed the whole show. Oh, yeah. We, we uh, pretty much went dead, excuse the pun, yeah. from that point on. We're like, okay, and um, that's it. <laughs> Damn, why do you have to go and do that? Sorry. What was a memorable moment from that? Yeah? Yeah, something happened. The only matter I do not take seriously, boy, is you. That's the bad editing. That's where I learned how to edit. I remember those first few episodes took me, like, literally 40 hours to edit. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And that's why I never wanted to learn editing, because I knew it would take a long time. It it's doesn't not, take half as long now. It doesn't even take as quarter as long. And it just, I just don't want to learn it. I'm afraid I'm going to get like so irritated with it. I'm going to look, try to get it down to perfection, and I can just see myself <laughs> drinking myself to death. Your politics bore me. Demeanor is that of a pouty child. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I get that too. I get bothered with that when uh, 
since you mentioned it, with New 52, when they reintroduced Wally West into The Flash. And they hyped it up. Wally's back! Wally's back! And I'm thinking, no, he's not. I'm like, I'm not saying he's not back because the character's black. That has nothing to do with it. It's the fact that it's a completely... He looks different. He's he has a different background. Like, this kid, this kid was more of, like, a bit of a street-tough type, which Wally West wasn't. You know, he had some issues mm. with the law. You know, I think the whole point was, like, Iris wanted Barry to meet him because she was hoping to get a good influence on Wally's life so he didn't go down a bad path. But with them... And if they had just brought him in as just here this character is and just brought in a character who happened to be named Wally West, for me, maybe I could have accepted, you know, eventually learned to appreciate this character for his own merits. But when they keep hyping, it's Wally West, it's Wally West. I'm like, no, that's not Wally West. Wally West is a character. It's like you bringing in some random woman and saying, it's your mother. No, that's not my mom. No, we're saying it's your mom, so it's your mom. No, that's not my mom. You know, she might be a nice lady, but that's not my, and I might learn to like her, but that's not my mother. Because they in the Wonder Woman book they reintroduced Donna Troy recently, and I'm while she's so far out of comics now, uh, yeah. it's depressing. And while she's very different from the original Donna Troy, I didn't have the same reaction because I didn't see this huge thing like they did with Wally West bringing him her back. She kind of was just there in the book. I'm like, oh, okay, that's how they're introduced reintroducing Donna. Let's see what they do with her. So she's just a throwaway character. No, well, no, she actually so far as a, actually starts out as a villain. Oh, interesting. Amazon, Wonder Woman's the queen of the Amazons, but she's allowing men, men to be around, and the, some of the Amazons don't like that. So they're they created their own, they kind of created their own Wonder Woman to uh, take, you know, so they can take over. Mm-hmm. Trying to do a coup, but you know, what I mean, like that's not Donna Troy. Donna Troy's character was never like that. But since they didn't hype it up, that it, Donna's back, Donna's back. To me, this is a different character that just happens to have the same name. They're not trying to push on the fact that it's, you know all my all my caring for that old character under this one. You know I don't just care about the name Wally West. I like the character, not right. just the. I don't like just like the way the name sounds, and therefore anything called Wally West I'm gonna love. So that's similar here, even though yeah, I went yeah. a little further than I needed to. <laughs> yeah. And- but return to me again empty-handed, and I will bathe the stairways in your blood. I thought Lila Cheney was uh armor. The the giant the uh like I think Asian chick who can like uh extrude a giant psionic uh Oh yeah, from the X Men. No, she's a different that's a different person. Lila Cheney's okay. the one from the new mutants that oh she had her own band and always had a thing for Cannonball originally. <laughs> who doesn't have a thing for that man? I mean, and, really. And then uh yeah, and then uh actually yeah, Dazzler joined her band for a while. I will go on record as saying I think Dazzler would make for a pretty interesting movie. I've said that for the longest time now, and I will continue to say that. Well, considering the popularity of shows like Nashville and stuff, I'm you know American Idol, a Dazzler show you think like a Dazzler show like a com- combine you know things like you know Shield or you know Flash with yeah. Uh, Nashville. Yeah, and, and American uh, Idol. Was, uh, was it uh, Gem J E M? As a live action movie now, which I heard was an abomination. Oh, still, I didn't know it's done. I didn't know it was finished yet. Yeah, yeah. I heard it was an abomination. I, I think they screened it at Tribeca, was it? Oh, I'm curious because I'm, I'm going to have to find that out right quick. I'm sorry. This is turning into like a mini version of Podrek. <laughs> that's fine. Worst comes yeah. to worst, I just edit stuff. Gem and the Holograms, that's what it was called. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's the, yeah, it's the old 80s cartoon. Yeah. 
Now, worst comes to worst, I just edit this stuff out, and then I'm I'm planning on doing a to make my life easier around the holidays. I'm putting a lot of the stuff together as like a outtake outtake show. Oh, okay. So if I have outtakes, I'm fine with that because I take some of them out and they go. They're going to go in a show later anyway. Okay. No, it uh, premieres October 23rd. Okay, so not but yet. I'm trying to find out who because there was like a review on it already, like from some big. Not like a super big time name person, but it came from like a, a well-known festival of some kind, and this is pissing me off now. Because hmm. I know there's the Gem and the Holograms comic right now by IDW. And is that about like teenage, like slightly uh, preteens and t- teenage uh, years, or how, or I mean, adults? Yeah, they're between the ages I'd say of like nineteen, maybe eighteen, but probably nineteen and like twenty-two, twenty-three. Okay, because uh, this one is about, like, 10-year-olds becoming uh, pop sensations. There's, like, no super heroics to it at all. Well, that's more or less what Jim was about anyway. From my uh, recollection, it it was about a group of uh, singers who had a band, all-female band, and they had these powers that were activated with gems and they would go on adventures usually during a concert or something, something, something would happen. They have to go out and, you know, save person X or save a special microphone just for sake of argument. I don't remember gems, but I could be wrong. It's been so long since I ever caught an episode of gem and the holograms. Yeah, I could be wrong. It's not, there's no, the only thing in the comics that they had, which I know was in the original show, was that the lead singer, Jem, wasn't like a real person. Jem was like a hologram put over the actual lead singer. I forget the reason why they did it in the cartoon. I know in the comic it's because she's incredibly, incredibly shy, like with stage fright. Yeah. That she can't perform in front of people, but because this hologram thing's over her, that everyone thinks is a real person, she can, it's like, you know, Peter Parker or Spider-Man. You know, you got this little nerdy kid, and also he puts this mask on, and he starts, you know, making fun of everybody. All right, here, here's the plot. The series revolves around Jem, the mysterious lead singer of the rock group Jem and the Holograms. Her real name is uh, Jerica Benton, J-E-R-R-I-C-A. I'm sure I'm pronouncing that correctly. And under this name, she is the owner and manager of Starlight Music, uh, I'm just going to call her Jem because it's easier. Yeah. Jem, Jem adopts the persona with the help of a holographic computer known as Synergy. <laughs> oh, that is freaking amazing. Love the 80s. <laughs> yes, that's actually the comic, too. I don't think she owns anything yet in the book, in the comic, okay. but it, that's basically so far correct. Okay, which was built by Jem's father to be the ultimate audiovisual entertainment synthesizer yes. and is bequeathed to her upon his death. Let's see, Jem is... So it's the ultimate auto-tune. Yeah, for, yeah, it was auto tune before auto tune. So, Jem is Rebecca Black. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! And it's almost Friday when we're recording this. This is not good. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, it lasted for three seasons. I'm trying to find the adventure part. Have you heard, Rebe- have you heard Ralph Garman's version of Rebecca Black song? Oh, oh my god! You know, I have not listened to any uh, Smodcast stuff in probably a good year and a half. But yeah, I, I do remember him going off on them like crazy. Oh, yeah, it still happens. Oh, that's awesome. Let's see, that's the third season. Um, I know there's another band, The Misfits, which was always like their rivals. Yep, I just got past that part. The Misfits and The Stingers. 
Yeah, so far in the book, I mean, but the book's only in issue four, so it's still like, you know, she just became Jem. So, I mean, if there's a, you know, they're right now just, they're doing a battle of the bands with the Misfits. It's actually re- not bad. The book, the comic's actually entertaining. I'm- I, I would pick that up, uh, because I, I remember watching this as a kid. I don't have great memories of it, not because it was a horrible show, but because I was uh, three when it premiered. <laughs> yes, I was a little bit older, but this show, at least where I lived, was on Sundays. Yeah, it was like a Saturday show on USA for me. Yeah, there was always, at least for me, where I grew up, there were Saturday, there were the shows that were on Saturday, and then there was always a couple on Sunday, which eighty percent of the time the quality, you know, they were like the, they were lesser quality than the Saturday shows generally, mm-hmm. but also because of the nature of Sunday and the fact that I was being, you know, my mother was like, no, we're going to church. I didn't always get to see the Saturday, sh- the Sunday shows on a regular basis, you know. And sometimes it'd be church, and then get ready in the car, get changed because we're going to Brook, you know, going to grandma's, or going to this relatives or that relatives or whatever. So like, I would see those Saturday shows. But, like sometimes I would see them once, and then not see them again for like five months. Yeah, yeah. So Jem was one of those. I think uh, they had a couple of shows I like. In humanoids, I remember liking. But oh my god, yeah. <laughs> That was another Saturday, Sunday show. Like I never got a chance to catch more than like an episode or two. Yeah, that was uh, that was just like late night on Cartoon Network and Boomerang for me. And that was like when I was in my late teens, to be honest with you. Yeah, I I haven't seen it since I was probably like ten or eleven. And then there was Thundar the Barbarian. See, that was always on Saturday mornings. So, and then Marvel Act when Marvel. Had their line, that Marvel Action Universe. If you remember that. Pride Action Universe. Uh... That's where they premiered the X-Men Pride of the X-Men cartoon, which was only one episode. It was the X-Men cartoon they did before the oh my God. X-Men. I had that on VHS. Was that the one with the blob, like being like fifty feet tall? Yeah, and like the team, and like the white, the Brotherhood is like Magneto, the Blob, the White Queen. Yeah. And the X-Men's yeah. like about them having Kitty Pride join. Yeah, and, yeah, I will never forget the line the Blob says because it was delivered so comically. Nothing can move the Blob. Yes. Like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. That's amazing. Yeah, it was like an hour and a half thing that Marvel had, which only had that one X-Men cartoon. And then otherwise, normally it was reruns of Spider-Man and his amazing friends. And then the Dino Riders cartoon and RoboCop. Uh, okay, I'm actually going through uh, Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends right now. Oh, on Netflix or whatever or whatever you're using? Yeah. Yeah. It's slowly but surely. I mean, it's, oh my God, it's painful to watch. <laughs> it's fun sometimes, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is, but it's painful. But the amount of, like, uh, character cameos they had in it, it, just in season one alone, was amazing. Well, have you seen the one with the chameleon with the seven little superheroes? Yes, because Doctor Strange was in that. That was, like, my favorite one. And Shanna the She-Devil. Yeah. Who the hell picks those as cameos? I think mean, these random characters. Shanna, Doctor Strange, Namor. And this is back in the 80s when, you know, they pretty much stuck with their main players. Yeah. More so than they do now. Yeah. Meanwhile, Iron Man, I don't think ever appears. You have Tony Stark, like, has a, like a cameo or two in the show, but you never see Iron Man in that show. Yeah. <laughs> but you get Shauna the She Devil. Oh, oh well, it was uh, let's see, it was Human Torch? No, uh, Firestar, yeah. Iceman, 
Spider-Man, Shaun of the She-Devil, Doctor Strange. Was it Captain America? I think so. Captain America, and then there's one other one. Namor. Namor, yep, thank you. Yeah, that, that was a fun episode. And then they have the two X-Men episodes. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that one most yet. Oh, yeah. It's weird. Yeah, Thunderbird's in one of them. Oh, my God, really? But he has the power to turn into a bear. <laughs> okay. And okay. Kitty Pride sounds like a 50-year-old woman who's been smoking her whole life. Oh, my Lord. Dude, seriously, like the voice acting is just downright atrocious. And Wolverine's Australian. Is uh, I'm going to have to try to give that as a ringtone for my phone, then. I'm gonna, oh, please tell me he says I'm the best there is at what he does in the Australian accent. I don't remember. Okay, but we're, we're, we're getting off topic here, and... Uh, uh, this is going one of the outtake shows, if not this year, yeah. next year's. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But uh, Jem was an action-oriented show. I can't really find anything describing uh, what type of action is in there other than a small uh, screenshot that reads, Jem features frequent action sequences to cater to a wider audience. Yes, because they were trying to make boy, get boys to watch it because it was all about girls. Yeah, I, I was watching it just because it was a neat concept. I, I didn't even really think of it as like a boy-girl show, you know? Yeah, I just watched it because it was a cartoon. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and it was either cartoons, I you know, I'd watch them and then find out if they either liked it or didn't like it. Yeah. This one's like, okay, this show is okay. You know, other shows weren't. So, how do we get on to this anyway? Um, something to do with Pip and teleportation and... Yes, gems. Yes, gems. There we go. So let's see. We're talking about his powers. Uh, if he's the greatest teleporter there is, which he might be. Because oh yeah, I was talking about how people like uh, Lila Cheney. Because we got, I think we got to Lila Cheney because of her band stuff. Mm, yeah, Dazzler. Yeah. That's right. Yes. So so we went from the Infinity Gems to Dazzler to Gem and the Holograms. Which, by the way, if you're wondering what the hell we're talking about, everybody, uh, look for the outtake show sometime. <laughs> Down the road. Eventually. Yes. So, anyway. Or, if I, or if, depending on how long this episode goes, I might just stick it at the end after the closing credits. <laughs> Yay, it's a Marvel movie now. Yes. <laughs> I make people stay to the end. Bastard. Hey, at least unlike some of them, I actually have stuff at the end. <laughs> Warning for anyone who's not seen Avengers Age of Ultron, don't worry about staying to the end. Yeah, that irritated the hell out of me. Yeah. Anyway, sit through two hours of that. Anything good at the end? <laughs> Just sitting on on the. I can't. I can't speak. I can't speak at all. You can't speak. Not only that, but what do you think aliens do when they have to go to the bathroom? I'm not talking peeing. I'm talking about pooping. Because he looks like he could lay some major turd. <laughs> the first, the first real issue with them was the fact that Blaster, you know, trashed the toilet in the Baxter Building. <laughs> That's why he fought the thing the first time. And he didn't flush. He didn't give a courtesy flush. <laughs> Blaster doesn't know anything about courtesy, let alone courtesy flush. <laughs> Blaster is. The name he was given after he did his deed in the bathroom. <laughs> uh. Bring you the orb, and you will destroy Xandar for me. And I really loved the Punisher one, how that ended. 
he just walks out into the nuclear wasteland. He's like, my job's done. <laughs> yeah. And then he, he just dies because of all the radiation. I have to read that at some point. That one was a good one. I mean, he he was like an older uh, Punisher, probably in his like 50s, maybe even early 60s, still kicking ass. And he wanted to get the last of the known gangs from his uh, area gone. And nuclear war broke out. He was just trying to get rid of everyone before his time was up. And he's, he kills the uh, last gang, walks out and says, my job's done. I punished everyone and then just like keels over nice yeah so a little bit like what they did with him in secret wars uh new secret wars or original uh new one okay i haven't read anything about that and i barely remember anything about the original that's why i had to ask okay yeah no he's not in the original okay okay well I, since you haven't read it yet i won't say anything by, by the time i get around to it <laughs> I'm not even sure if I'm going to get around to it at this point. I haven't collected a comic in probably two years now, which is sad. Yeah, money sucks. Yeah. Comics are just so damn expensive. Mm-hmm. I can't freaking believe it. It's like magic cards back in the 90s. Oh, God, I wish I had bought magic cards in the 90s and saved them. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. I wish I had the foresight when I was working at the com- I was working at a comic store then. I wish I had the foresight to buy a box of magic cards. Yeah. Imagine if I bought a box of Alpha. Oh my god. A signed uh, Black Lotus went for something like $28,000. I hate myself. Yeah. Okay, anyways. <laughs> yes. So. You there? Yes. Okay, for some reason I got qu- felt like I got quiet. Anyway. Alright, cool. Now that I know it contains an infinity stone, I wonder what use I have for you. And we have six of them, so I'm going to do the first few, and then Buck's going to do the first. Now... Really, really, you're going to do the first few, and I'm going to do the first? Is that what I said? That's what you said. That sounds stupid, doesn't it? It sounds a little weird. (laughs) I'm going to do the first few, and Buck's going to do the last ones. There we go. That's more of a proper order. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Because I don't do sloppy seconds. Yes. Boy, I would reconsider your current course. Yeah, because uh, I know Civil War is going to be ongoing after Secret Wars. I just read a little bit about that today. Wow. Yeah. And do you know what else is coming back, or at least some of the characters are coming back after Secret Wars? Uh, would it be Gem and Holograms? No, but same time frame. But by a Mar- think of a Marvel imprint. That was a separate universe. Uh, no. Something new. No. You're Not kidding. all of it. Dude, dude, I had a note for the last image on uh, the page, or, uh, of the issue that we just talked about. Yeah. How it looks like a new universe cover from the 90s. Well, in the if anyone's reading Secret Wars miniseries or spinoff series, in the Squadron Sinister series... There are new universe characters in it. There's the the Starbrand guy, I think Nightmask, uh, Spitfire, and the guy, the main guy from Kickers. Okay. And I have to say, I'm impressed that they're not letting the new universe fully die. And actually, in the Squadron Supreme series, which they've announced that's coming out after Secret Wars is over, they said it's gonna. I don't know if you heard about this one at all, or have you? 
Oh, I thought I thought you were going to tell me that I was going to say. Oh no! Oh, so that one, but yeah, um, there is going to be a Squadron Supreme series after Secret Wars is over, and it's going to be made up of characters from different alternate universes that are dead now. Wait, I thought that was already going on with the uh, two two different squadrons. Well, there's a Squadron Sinister book, and that's part of Secret Wars. But after Secret Wars, when it's all over and done with, there's going to be an actual Squadron Supreme ongoing. Because all the books that are coming out with Secret Wars are all going to end when Secret Wars is over. Okay. You know, they might do a new series then afterwards, mm-hmm. like that A-Force, which is the one with the all-female Avengers. Right. You know, that's going to get another series after, you know, a regular ongoing series. But during Secret you know, that's, you know, during Secret Wars, everything that's going on is going to end. And then everything restarts. So we're going to get a Squadron Supreme series after Secret Wars. And that's going to be made up of characters from all different universes. And one of the characters, their speedster, will be Blur from DP7. I have a couple of those issues. <laughs> He's going to be in the regular Marvel Universe now. Now, if they can only manage to bring back um, Malibu somehow. Yeah, I doubt that will never happen. Although, in one of the, in Spider Verse, I forget what issue it is. It's one of the Spider Verse. It's like one of the books that's called either Spider Verse or like or Spider Verse Team Up. I forget which. Mm-hmm. You actually get like a half panel cameo of Spider Prime. No way. Like y- you can see it's him, but it's not fully. Oh. I I read every Prime issue. In every series, we also had Rune appear not too Rune skeleton appear not too long ago. The skeleton, oh, that's interesting. I think I could be wrong. I think it was the first issue of the Hunger miniseries they did, where Galactus went to the Ultimate Universe. Mm-hmm. But in it, you see Galactus holding a skeleton with an Infinity Gem fused in its chest, <laughs> and you can see it's obviously a vampire-like skull. You know, like has the teeth and stuff. Right. And so it's supposed to be Rune. Because he had he had stolen the Infinity Gems. Yeah, that's, isn't that how uh, they did the crossover with Marvel? Yeah. The, the gems got stolen, and then that began the uh, God Wheel. Uh... I think so. I actually um, I was at a flea market recently. I picked up a few books for fifty cents. Because why mm. the hell not? Oh, of course. I picked up an issue of Silver Sable because it's an Infinity War crossover, and I'll eventually need to deal with that. Mm. Um, and issue two or three of Firearm. The Firearm, really? Yeah, from the uh, from Malibu. Yeah, no, I mean it's you don't see even even though this is like a lot of people consider these crap titles, you still don't see these out in the wild all that often. Yeah, and uh, the Rune Silver Surfer crossover book, which is where Rune steals the Infinity Gems. Yeah, I'm trying to do a complete run of uh, Malibu, believe it or not. Have you listened to the, Mal- the, the Ultraverse podcast? No. Uh, I haven't heard any new episode in a little while, but there are several episodes. It's called the Ultraverse Podcast Network. Um, I will have to find that. because they, It's like I, three podcasts you know, on the same feed. There's right. one on The Solution, which unfortunately but that only lasted one. They only did one episode. Okay. There was one on Prime for the most part, which you covered most of it, and then there was one on uh, Nightman, which had like six or seven episodes in there. Yeah, Nightman was a good television show. It, it was kind of cheesy, kind of corny, but they tried to make it like a legitimate live-action 
adaptation of the comic book. Yeah, so you might want to check that. You might want to check that one out. Yeah, I have a nice little stack of uh, Malibu comics over here, Ultraverse comics. It, it, this thing that made me want to go back. Well, I mean, since I'm going through and trying to sell everything anyway, I have to, I'm hopefully want to find all my old Malibu stuff because I did like a lot of it. It just was at a time when I was not, I didn't have the best budget. Yeah. To read stuff, so I read a few of them. Well, you uh, find them, and they come from a smoke-free home, and you give me a decent price, because I'll be honest with you, money's going to be tight for a while. <laughs> I, w- I will be glad to take those off your hands. Oh, we'll consider that. i got to look through that first. Oh, yeah. we probably should get to the last two issues here. Oh, hey, I just, re- yeah. I just realized. <laughs> Another tangent. <sighs> hey, speaking of tangent, what about that series from DC? <laughs> I, that actually has its own show, too. Are you kidding me? Someone has a podcast based on the tangent books. The old ones or the new ones? All of them. Oh, wow. They're going through it in order. That, that's impressive. That's impressive. I like the Green Lantern. Okay, anyways, back on... on the Green Lantern one was good. That was cool. The little thing yeah. on our actual lantern. Yeah. That was cool. That was a cool visual. That was. And I, didn't she have like some sort of weakness to like the dark... I forget because the I I I just I've been years since I've read that. I just remember it was kind of being like a Tales from the Crypt thing, like she was on like the Crypt Keeper. Yeah. Thing. I know I have a lot. I got I gotta go back. I know they're sitting right over here on my right on my shelf. I have to look at those. Okay. Anyways. Hey everyone, my name is Michael Bailey, and I am Jeffrey Taylor. And we host a podcast called From Crisis to Crisis, a Superman podcast. Presented by the Superman homepage. On the show... Wait, wait, wait. What? This just isn't working out for me. It's not bombastic enough. We need something epic. Like what? Welcome to From Crisis to Crisis, a Superman podcast, presented by the Superman homepage. I am Jeffrey Taylor. And I am Michael Bailey. From Crisis to Crisis chronicles the adventures of Superman wait, wait, from... Wait, 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 wait. I'm just not feeling this. I'm just wondering how there's a needle-scratching sound when all of this is clearly digital. Look, all we need to say is that this is the, a trailer for a show called From Crisis to Crisis, a Superman podcast presented by the home, Superman homepage. My name is Michael Bailey. I'm Jeffrey Taylor. And every week we give in-depth synopsis and reviews for just about every Superman book published between Man of Steel number one in 1986 and Adventures of Superman number 649 in 2006. We also talk about the related Superman media, what was happening in the rest of the world when these comics were published and what else was going on in the DC Universe. The show drops every Thursday-ish at the Superman homepage, which is located at www.supermanhomepage.com. From Crisis to Crisis is also a proud member of the Superman Podcast Network, located at www.supermanpodcastnetwork.com. So join Jeffrey and I each week as we explore Superman during the post-crisis era, which includes Exile, Panic in the Sky, Doomsday, The Marriage, and Beyond. And write into the show at FromCrisisToCrisis at gmail.com and hear it read on the air. Eventually, because we get behind on that sort of thing. 
Superman created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. Side effects from, from Crisis to Crisis include loss of money from buying back issues, a desire to read 20-year-old comic books, nausea, drowsiness, pizza, blurred vision, upset stomach, a desire to kick puppies and kittens, and backache from lifting boxes of Superman comics. If the excitement of From Crisis to Crisis lasts more than four hours, seek immediate medical attention. Okay, how does this work now? I'm looking, because Brian's back, so I click on the little plus sign, says add people to this call. I typed his Skype name in. Mm-hmm. Did you double-click him in your list? Oh, he's not on my list. I gotta do that first, I guess. Is he he's in your contact list? No, actually, we never we never had a bo- we never bothered with Skype because he's always been person. Oh, y'all record in person? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. So let me go to contact. I just realized he's not my contact. That's why. Mm-hmm. There, that's the probably why I couldn't do that because I'm like, why is this not working? Now let me see if I can add him on. I never thought about that. It's been so long since I had to add somebody as a contact. <laughs> I've had you on for so long. We're like Chris or the other person, Carver Buck. That like, I haven't needed to add any add you. <laughs> You've just been there. And also, Brian's like, oh yeah, I don't have you. Because I actually literally drove up. We he lived the town over. Okay. So I just literally we drove to one mutual spot and met there and recorded. It works. So laundry day, huh? Oh, can you hear it? Yeah. It's not that bad. Occasionally, I heard a little in the back thumping in the background. That's all. Yeah. The microphone picks up a lot. Gotta do laundry. No, I know. I I didn't plug the turtles' uh filter for while we're recording. But he'll be fine. For, it's not going to kill him for an hour or two. Besides, it means he actually gets to his food. <laughs> Are we able to get him in? I don't know. Uh, he, I sent the contact request. He said he's not seeing it. So I gave him my name. I'm like, add me then. Here. Resend contact request. So how are y'all talking if you're not contacting Skype? Well, we haven't done anything since I've moved down here yet. I mean, like, you're talking to him somewhere. Oh, I'm texting him. Okay. But yeah, we haven't done any Skype recording. You know, we haven't even recording since I came down yet. Since the whole moving thing happened. Right. But yeah, actually, I have, a, I have to prepare later on. I have, a call, I have a recording tomorrow with my brother. We're going to be doing the... Um, ah, there he is. We're going to be doing the uh, Silver Surfer, the, the Warlock episode of the Silver Surfer cartoon from the 90s. Oh, Okay. So I'm going to be smart this time. I'm going to watch that first. Then I'm going to see if I have time, maybe if I want to watch the others, to get the, since there's only 13 episodes, to watch all of them. But for now, at least I'm going to make sure I watch the one I need to watch. Right. And then I'll worry about doing the rest. Okay, now add people to the call. Brian Zeno, yes. That's a call. Yay! It's starting and now to work. I see him. It's starting to work. And you look like Superman. <laughs> Sometimes. Hello? Hello. Hey, there he is. There he is. It's working. And I can also confirm that my groovy little telecorder is also uh, showing a recording status. Yes. And did you get my the note from me that says you were being recorded with call note? Uh, no, I see. I see a note here. I never got a, anything from you. But when I looked you up, it added you like instantly to my contacts. And you have a little note under your name that says recording. No, no, you should have had a little box that just popped up and probably, says, oh, yes, yes, so. I did. Yes, I, I did. Okay. okay, goody. Your current recall is recorded with call note. Woohoo! Yes. 
and the NSA. <laughs> well, because they have so much time to listen to our Skype talks <laughs> about about comic books. Yes, right. Is there a well, way I mean, to request that to use as like a backup for recordings? <laughs> <laughs> Just give them a call. I'm sure they'd be happy to share. It's, you know, it's all good. Hey, NSA, call note failed. Do you have our recording? <laughs> you have it. Come on. Can I just have it, please? Just, I just we need to really it. need it. Thanos is the most powerful being in the universe. Uh, it, is, it was quite an adjustment uh, reading this thing over the last few days, because prior to this, uh, like the last couple of weeks of my comic book reading, had been working my way through the Ed Brubaker run of Captain America, which is like in terms of like seriousness and psychology, like the polar opposite of this. So my brain had to really take a hard left turn to get itself into the right headspace for the Avengers Defenders War. I know that feeling. Yeah, <laughs> I, I read a lot of different eras, and it's always a bit of a brain adjustment. And even sometimes in the same era, like whenever I'm reading Superman from the Silver Age, and right. then I go and read a Spider-Man that was on the shelves at the exact same time, Right. Those are two very different reading experiences. Absolutely true. I, I, I have mentioned that frequently on my uh, Sergeant Fury podcast uh, because it was Marvel was really doing something kind of different at that point in history. So, yeah, we uh, Lily and I got to the death of um, Junior Juniper uh-huh. and the introduction of Pamela Hawley. Uh-huh, and, uh-huh. Uh, and then, like the next day, we saw the the Agents of Shield episode that had Junior in it, and he dies. Oh, and she's yeah. like, "It's too soon. It's not okay." <laughs> at least you got to. At least you read it before you saw it. You know, if you'd seen it and then read it, it would have been kind of anticlimactic. This is true. This is true. But it's kind of <laughs> neat, though. Like you know, he he's the first one of the Cowling Commandos that dies, and as soon yeah. as they introduce him in the show, he dies. I know, I know. And you're kind of like, and, and if you've read it, you know it's coming. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Mark yeah. for death. When I saw that episode, I'm like, oh, he's dead. He's dead. He's dead. Because <laughs> so I think dead. your episode had come out before that one did, actually. Doing that's. That, I think. That I issue. think that's true. Actually, I think. I think that is true because I think we had some of them out be uh, already when they when they had that whole big. Uh, Appearance there. Oh, anyway, because I think it's the first time. Brian, John, John, Brian. Hello, hey, Brian. pleased to meet you. <laughs> uh, verbally speaking. Yeah, we've we've <laughs> talked so online. Yes, exactly, exactly. And, and, and I've heard your voice a lot. Yes, and we're and and, and vice versa, and we're Twitty buddies. Okay, oh, exactly. <laughs> so. But yeah, no, there's a difference. You have to jump back and forth. I mean, luckily, well, luckily, except for reading new stuff at work, everything I've been reading at home for the last week has been just. Uh, lead up to the def- this book, because I've been talking to John too long, and so I, now I start going, oh, well, okay, Defenders War? Well, there's only seven issues of Defenders before that. And how right. many And how many team up in Submariner, and the Marvel feature, and the trilogy of issues in Doctor Strange and Hall? I could read those. Well, but it's, it's only seven. It's, it's only a dozen. It's only 20. Yeah. That, yeah, well, that the, yeah, and then before you know it, you've disappeared down the rabbit hole. Yes. But it is actually interesting when you, uh, they, they talk so much about storytelling decompression like these days in comic books. And like when I'm actually reading them nowadays, I'm just like, whatever, whatever. And then you go back and you read a Silver Age or even a Bronze Age book, and it literally takes you like three times as long to read a single issue of one of those as it does to read something that came out like this year. And then you realize, oh, my God, they really are decompressing the storytelling. Holy moly yeah. <laughs> they're just so wordy <laughs> yeah i get through like two new comics at lunch yeah 
But at least with at Steve Englehart, most of the dialogue feels story-ish and, and driven, as opposed to Stan Lee or early Roy Thomas, where everyone in the panel must speak. No, that's true. And actually, as part of my prep for this, I went and I actually went back and I read Fantastic Four Fifty Four, the first appearance of the Evil Eye. Oh, and that would have been good. It has oh. it has the single like to this day it remains like the most uh, uh, standout example of Stan and Jack working at cross purposes because there's that whole like couple of panels where it's just Johnny and Wyatt's heads as they describe. Prester John standing up and pointing the evil eye at them, and you don't actually see it. And it's just so obviously Stan is trying to do something that Jack was not actually doing with his art. And it, like, yeah, exactly. And then you think back, yeah, Stan, Stan and his words were a completely unique phenomenon unto themselves. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's kind of, kind of fun when you get to watch the two of them fighting almost. Yeah, exactly. It's fighting on the page. It's great. I love it. Yeah. It's like, no, we're going to do this. No, we're going to do this. No, we're going to do it's, this. It's not, as, it's not as bad as the Lee Ditko squabbles in the last, I don't know, half dozen or so issues of his run. Yes. I mean, no, where, where the, the nature of characters and plot changes from issue to issue because Stan didn't know the way things were supposed to go in the first issue, so he said things one way. Yeah. And Ditko, Ditko continued to tell a different story in the second issue, so Stan had to change his dialogue. <laughs> Yeah, I'm yeah. thinking mainly of the uh, the master planner, which follows immediately upon this uh, cat burglar story, where there's all these purple drone guys that the script says work for the cat burglar, but actually work for the master planner. You find out an issue later, and it just changes, but there's no explanation. Uh huh. Uh huh. Oh yeah, no. The, the, well, the Marvel method was was. Well, it you works know. if you talk to each other. Yeah. yeah, which which you know, well to be fair, if you're having if you're having a Facebook squabble with because of political feuding, then you're not gonna work very well with that. And to be fair, from what I've read, Steve Ditko didn't talk to much of anybody ever about anything. So, he's a bit of a recluse, so Yeah, I mean from what I get, I mean I could be wrong, but from what I get, he does actually is an Ayn Rand character. Yes. <laughs> Yes, yes, walking and talking. He's but, uh, uh, Rourke, whatever, the architect from, I forget which one, I think it was yeah, uh, Howard, Howard Rourke, something yes, like that? Yes, yes. That, that's How? him. He's <laughs> Howie. He's Howie. But um, also, I, I went, uh, the only prior issue of The Defenders that I read was issue four, so that I could see what had happened to turn the Black Knight to stone. Right. Um, and you get so, the first Valkyrie. And the first Valkyrie, exactly, and okay. Okay, I, I, I saw your, uh, I saw the, uh, thing you put up on, uh, Facebook, uh, oh, yeah, John, that like, you love her. And I'm like, oh, I, I, I don't know that I do. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm very intrigued by her. I like the story that I've read of her so far in the first 20 odd issues of Valkyrie, of Defenders. I just find her really intriguing. I don't really know anything about her or where she goes. She's okay. always one of those characters that I'm like, I want to know more about her because there's obviously a lot of mystery there and I'd like to see how that unfolds, but. Oh, I uh, actually, I that was her the, a lot. That was the other thing. I, I also went back to look at. Um, uh, oh man, I, I think it was an, an issue of Avengers actually, but but where where Barbara Norris first turned up mm-hmm. um, with Doctor Strange when he was still wearing his black mask. Well, uh, there was uh, dealio, and and I, I don't remember exactly. I remember I found that on Marvel Unlimited, and I read it to find out like her whole backstory. So well, I don't know if she's in Avengers. I mean, maybe I missed that one, but I know the first unofficial Defenders crossover was an issue. Of, it was Doctor Strange, Hulk 126, and I think it was Submariner 22. 
Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think she's involved in one of those issues, actually. Yeah, it might have been Hulk, actually, now that I'm thinking of Because it. the Doctor Strange one actually is not on Marvel Unlimited. All the rest of, that, of the uh, Defender stuff is, except for that one, and mm-hmm. Defenders mm-hmm. number seven. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's true. But actually, Defenders number seven... Or six, I forget which, one of the yeah. two. The seven, seven is now. It wasn't, but it is now. I know because I, I was reading it there for, for in, in preparation. And that's the one that's half black and white, right? Yes, exactly. It's all black and white except for the four pages at the end that are the uh, like the the setup, the prologue. Yes, but I'm still. I want to find. I actually was looking at that. I was like, oh, I gotta read the Evil Eye one, which I had a chance to read. And I also there was apparently an issue of Hulk that did have the Valkyrie before. Right. That's what it was. It was an issue of Hulk in which uh, Doctor Strange was freed from some sort of imprisonment because Barbara and her buddies were, like, mysticists in a, in a haunted house or something like that. So they do something that winds up freeing oh. Doctor Strange, but but she has to leave herself in his place in this other dimension. Oh, and, yeah, no. that's, that's, and then ultimately the, they, they free her by turning her into Valkyrie or whatever. It's, it's a whole... It gets complicated, man. Yes. It is... Weird and psychedelic, and so like Steve Englehart, early seventies psychedelic whatnot. It is great. There's actually <laughs> that one I read. No, there's actually another one that apparently she actually was the Valkyrie persona was used by was created by the Enchantress originally and was actually right. used a but different on issue. Somebody else. Yeah, this is a different issue that I haven't read because I read okay. that one you're talking about. Right. There actually was the Valkyrie apparently appeared another time, and apparently this is not the Valkyrie from the Lady Liberators issue of the Avengers. Okay. That's where the or, that's where the concept of the enchantress created Valkyrie starts. Yeah. Which but, is the basis for this, but not the same character as this. No, right, but exactly. apparently whichever one appeared in the Hulk at a different issue that none of us have read, uh, maybe John has read at some point, but I know I haven't. That is the same Valkyrie as the one apparently in the Defenders because she has the memories of that. Mhm. Mhm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, the the way it's not it's like a little confusing at times. Yeah, it's like, very confusing. It's very confusing and should make for some interesting uh uh working it out. Now, now now remind me, Al, we are doing this. This is this is part of your podcast and we're doing this entirely on the justification that Adam Warlock and Thanos appear in one panel each at the end of the penultimate issue. No, that is not true. Okay. That's <laughs> I'm sitting there trying to remember like like what the pretext for this is. <laughs> no, because until I read issue 118, I had forgotten that Thanos appeared. I only thought Adam Warlock appeared. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's... <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, no. less of a reason than you thought. <laughs> That's good enough for me, though, because you got me actually to finally read The Avengers Defenders War, which I've actually... I've had these issues sitting on my hard drive for, like, God, like, two or three years now, and I always meant to, like get around to reading it and I I needed a kick in the butt so uh if nothing else you know you have you have given me that kick in the butt so awesome hey I'm going with my shows I'm going with my show with the whole journey not the destination I don't need to get to the end of everything I'm look if they're in a panel or something and I'm like ooh this is fun like mm-hmm. like I said before I want to do that issue I'm doing that issue of spectacular Spider-Man where it's a flashback of Adam Warlock <laughs> cuz like he fights the Mambies because Razorbacks in it Mm-hmm. And when else will I get to talk about Razorback? Okay. The, Alrighty then. The pig, the pig outfitted CB hero. Come on. <laughs> the guy who's second oh God, fiddle to, the guy who's second fiddle to US one. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I was just about to say US one. Oh my God! Right. That's right. And and look between that and Team America in uh, the early days of the New Mutants, it's like come on. The early eighties have aged even worse than the seventies. 
It's just too much fun not to. So yeah, uh, no, that's uh, my cheat text. I want to talk Avengers Defenders War because that's fun. Okay. And who else is? I don't. I can't even actually remember anyone else having done it. I mean, John, you're up to do this with Lily at some point in the next fifty years, but yeah. <laughs> if, if we get through the end of the sixties, I'll be happy. I don't expect us to get <laughs> past that. That, and it, that in itself will be will be the course of her teens. Well, if they add Fantastic Four to the Marvel Universe, Marvel MCU, then you're screwed. You're never getting past yeah. sixty. Well, dude, at this point, it would take it would take a year to catch up. Because yeah. if we alternated between, um, if the Fantastic Four got added, we're already into the 20s mm-hmm. of the Fantastic Four, 26 issues, that's six months of recording, alternating back and forth with other things, that's a year. So, um, yeah, if, if they do bring the Fantastic Four into the MCU, we are, we are pretty hosed. But, um, <laughs> but you know, the, the, the thing is, the, the goal is not to make progress so much as just have fun talking about cool comics. Exactly. Or, or in the case of the Porcupine, not so cool comics. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> But that the truth. Either that, or if you do want to get through it a little quicker, what you could do is just, you know, make your show weekly and just, you know, I'm sure they won't notice. Just happen to slip episodes of the Fantastic Cast and just say, Fantastic. Lily and I decided we're going to use British accents. There you go. Just edit out their intro and put in your own. Oh man. I'm sure they won't notice. Or go bi-weekly for six months while we bring in the Fantastic Four. Yeah. Oh boy. And then, you know, once you get all that caught up, then they'll add X-Men. Uh, you know, I'm trying not even to think. I, like, I, I'm literally just... just screw with you. <laughs> yeah, what, whatever they the put on the is screen Fo- is... Fox is making bank with the X-Men, though. Well, yeah. no, it's true. Yeah, that's not going to happen for a long time. They're not making bank with the Fantastic Four at the moment, however. I wanted them to. I wanted... I mean, the, the trailers, I was digging it. Well, I mean, not the very first trailer, but that's kind of weird. But, but, you know, all the later trailers, I was really digging that the feel and tone. I was so looking forward to that film. And then Thursday happened and everyone was hating it. Everyone was mm-hmm. dogging on it. And mm-hmm. I went into that with a sinking feeling in my stomach. And I actually came out liking a lot of the film, but the film has some major issues and it is not. I mean, I wanted it to succeed so much more than it's ever going to be able to. I just, I just, everything I've read, I haven't actually gone to see it. I don't think I'm going to, at least until I can watch it for free on my TV. But uh, everything I've heard just says that, agrees that it's missing, like, the essential element of fun. Like, it just is not a fun movie. And how can you have a movie about the Fantastic Four that isn't fun? I don't know. I think there's room for multiple genres, but it's the the, the story in the in the film have so many problems in addition to that. That even mm-hmm. if, like Man of Steel, mm-hmm. I love like okay. deeply and truly, but it's not exactly a fun film either. It's just it's a great for me piece of literature about my favorite character. Okay, okay. Um, but Fantastic Four is. Not. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I wanted it to be good. I mean, I mean, part, I, I'm t- I was torn before it came out. Like, part of me wanted it to be good because I want a good movie. Mm-hmm. I want to see a good movie, but part of me was like, well, I want to see the Fantastic Four in there with everything else, and then therefore, if it's bad, then I had a better shot of it happening. So, I was a little torn on what I wanted actually, because <laughs> normally I just want a good movie. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want these to fail just because like I don't have a personal vendetta. Right, we don't have a horse in the race, per se. We just want to get entertained for a couple hours. Yeah, but part of me was like, ooh, I do like the idea of having Reed Richards, you know, with, you know, over here, you know, being able to do stuff. I'm Iron or something. I'm doubly irritated because I was all proud that Miles Teller was from Philadelphia. 
And then I'm like, uh, you know, yeah, he's a superhero actor from my hometown, but then... Which one's he? Is he Reed? Reed, yeah. Then Thanos, I'm coming for you. Lead us lead us in song, Mr. Uh, Sedano. Hmm. <clears throat> All right, so I'm guess I'm going to do the intro here, and then I'll introduce mm-hmm. both of you guys are here. We'll do our mm-hmm. regular hello, pause for drop synopsis in, and then we'll just start talking about this sucker. Okay. Because it's a big sucker. <laughs> big. It's a big palooka of, yes. a, of a story. I'm assuming I'm probably gonna, it's probably going to long enough. I'm probably going to cut this and do two episodes. Oh. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. And apparently there's an argument from the peanut gallery over there. <laughs> Sorry. What the hell was that? <laughs> my, my phone started making noises. I had to turn the sound off. Mm. <laughs> it sounded like you were killing something. <laughs> that's because it's really close to the microphone. <laughs> Strangling his phone, apparently. That's okay. Ah, ah, ah. It was the Dukes. It was the Dukes. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Uh. <laughs> All right. Breathe. <clears throat> this show can now be found on Stitcher. In case you don't know what Stitcher is, Stitcher is radio on demand, a free app that lets you listen to all your favorite shows plus discovered from 20,000 others. Available on iOS, Android, Nook, and iPad. Don't have Stitcher? Download it free today at Stitcher.com or in the App Store. Say, kids, what would you like to do tonight? Listen to the H.P. Lovecraft Literary Podcast! Huh? Every week, these two really smart and funny guys give a synopsis of a Lovecraft story, then talk about background-critical reviews and what the stories say about the author. How do we get these two boys into our home? HPPodcast.com The internet? I don't know. It's wholesome family entertainment. We can even get on iTunes. It's easy. And then we can impress our school friends with all our arcane knowledge. Say, you know what I like to do on a night like this? With the dark woods out back silhouetted by the ghostly full moon, the branches shadows making all sorts of crazy angled patterns in the yard? You two aren't going to do that again, are play with the shadows. Take the baby with you. Hey, there's already somebody out there. What? I think they're coming to talk to us. They should have listened. Yeah. Hey, we still can. Guess what? It's feedback begging time again, where I beg you, please do something feedback-wise. What can you do? Well, you can go on iTunes and leave us a review. Preferably five stars, but I'll take anything at this point. You can also send us an email for your thoughts, criticisms, poems, whatever. Resurrectionspodcast at yahoo.com Go visit our Tumblr page, resurrectionsadamwarlock.tumblr.com New episodes are posted up there, images from the issues we cover, and whatever random stuff I think of. You can also find similar things on our Facebook page. Just type in Resurrections into the Facebook search box and it'll help you find it. Also... The show is on Twitter now. It has an official Twitter feed, at Adam Thanos Pod. Before this story, the Black Knight had been turned to stone while assisting the Defenders, made up of Doctor Strange, the Hulk, Submariner, Silver Surfer, Valkyrie, and Hawkeye. That was stupid. Take two.
Resurrections, and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast is a fan-made production, and no copyright infringement is intended or happening or even understood. The opening music for this podcast is Intro Pompeii by Lino Rise, and the closing music is Dark and Dramatic by DJ Puzzle. Both are licensed by the Creative Commons license. You can find Lino Rise at free-intro-music.com and DJ Puzzle at peacelovproductions.com. Links to both can be found on the Tumblr page. Okay.